everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Tonight, we're going to take a look back at the, well, the rather disappointing result, but not a gutting result, um, against Napoli. Join me again. We were, we were same crew as, uh, as the last pod. First up in Belfast, Dave Dunning. How the hell are you, lad? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm not too bad. How about yourself? Ach, I'm hanging together, you know. I've got all my oil done and everything sorted, so... All, all, all's good. Uh, your hair will be, be fine for another few weeks in. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've a wonderful complexion with all this oil I've absorbed. But <laughs> never mind. Moving swiftly along. Uh, up in Berlin, Neil Patterson, Chief. How are you this evening? Not too bad at all. Uh, obviously not the, not the best experience last night. But, yeah, we'll come on to talk about that. But otherwise, good. Glad to hear you've got your oil issues sorted. <laughs> well, so it weren't really mine, but the problem uh, shares problem halved, as I say. Listen, burning question for this podcast. Stay with you, Neil. Are Napoli the Wimbledon of Europe for Liverpool? <laughs> Are they our kryptonite? You mean? Uh... Yeah, you know, it's it's. We don't like that stadium. There's just something about it. And it reminds me of our, our toys and troubles, the 80s and 90s with Wimbledon. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we went there basically thinking, you know, we should get a result of some description. We didn't play, like, compared to last year, Dave and I were, were talking there pre-pod. Last year we had we had a complaint, something to shout about and maybe get angry about. This time there's absolutely not an awful lot to be angry about. few sort of, just the last ball seemed to be letting us down. But n- nothing there that would alarm me. Virgil van Dijk makes a mistake, first time in two years, well, credit in the bank. Andy Robertson getting shit over a penalty given that probably wasn't a penalty. He's got fucking plenty of credit in the bank to ride that. This isn't, you know, I, I don't get, there was a fume that came from our fans. Apparently Andy Robertson had to, had to delete his Twitter account. I really don't like to hear that. I don't get the mentality here because, like, I, I'm a, you, Neil, you know yourself, I'm fairly aggressive on it uh, when it comes to Liverpool. I'm not, I'm not worried by this. What, what, what was your, what's your own take on it? First off, on the on the Andy Robertson stuff, I sort of heard that as well that he'd apparently come off Twitter and whatever. But I mean, I think it's just, it's important to say that you just never know what's going on with with that kind of stuff these days because there's all there's bots out there and, and all kinds of mental trolling going on, and you just don't know who's throwing it about. So yeah, nobody likes that that kind of thing. Really, it, it doesn't doesn't serve anybody's purpose. And as you said, all those players have got plenty of plenty of credit in the bank. And to but be n- honest, but n- not you know, we're, 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 we're in a successful streak at the minute. You lose games of football. You're going, you know, when we were winning things in the seventies, we were losing games as well. I don't get this. This new lot of fans losing their shit. People are assholes, Dave. Yeah, people are assholes. That I mean, that that is essentially what it boils down to. Isn't it? <laughs> It is what it is. You, you you just can't get get rid of them all. But I don't know if you know. I don't know how many real fans it possibly would be because anyone can call themselves an LFC fan on on Twitter or, or create an LFC account or whatever and and have yeah. a go at someone. So well, you, you know, know, you know, it's, it's like I would rather we lost there last night than than, than lose the three points at at uh, at Chelsea at the weekend. Yeah, that's I think, I think ultimately the players as well uh, and 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 club. And of course, nobody went out there last night not wanting to win. It was, I mean, we absolutely no suggestion. Uh, that. Looking at the game, we played we played really well, and I know exactly what you're saying. There, there's nobody. There, there isn't an awful lot to complain about, except for the ridiculous penalty uh, decision. Not not necessarily it being given by the ref, but it not being overturned when it's a clear clear as day dive. Absolutely, there is literally daylight between Robertson's leg and 
the guy who takes off. And by the way, if you look at the replay again, he takes off with both feet from the ground. The the fucking archetypal dive. But, um, you know, it is what it is. That's one thing I would definitely complain about. If you're going to have a video-assisted referee, do not use the video to rubber stamp a bad decision. Use it to get the decision right or fuck it off. So I'm just going to say that now. Hey, man, you got my support in that one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we played well. The Napoli played well. It was an excellent match. Very high intensity between two teams that are not only top drawer, they also know each other pretty well, haven't played each other and seem seemingly drawing each other every season now in European competition. And, um, you know, there is a bit of rivalry there. And to go back to what you said about the them being a bit of our Wimbledon. Yeah, we don't like playing against them. They have our number a little bit, and particularly when when we're playing in Naples. Uh, having said that, Liverpool, again, have the chances there to, to kill the game off. Um, I'm thinking Bobby Firmino's header, header is, is the one that's screaming at me. And then there are a lot of situations where, there are, where we fail to make the killer chance really from a position of of having their goal at our mercy. A lot of scuffed chances as well, Neil, that weren't connected with properly. I think that's where you're, where you're going with it. Yeah, there's just a, just a lot of a lot of situations that we didn't make the most of, that on another day, uh, on, on, uh, on Saturday, last Saturday, we would have made the chances and scored the goals. But on Tuesday night in the San Paolo, we, we didn't manage it. And, you know, there is something about being there. The crowd is hot, really hostile. They make a lot of noise. The grass seemed to be longer. The, the, the play, it always seems to be slower and, and as if the pitch is bigger there or something as well, which probably isn't, but there's something about it. It was the same same last year. Having said that, compared to last year, we, we seemed to handle it with a lot more confidence. We weren't phased. And I think without the penalty, if, if, the, if there is no penalty incident, it probably finishes nil-nil. If the penalty is given and then overturned, by VAR, as it should have been. Like you mentioned before the pod, there's every chance Liverpool go on and win the game because Napoli are dead on their feet at that point and Liverpool would, would get a... Well, the whole momentum of the match would shift. You know, the heads would go potentially for Napoli if having a, 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 a potential penalty overturned and so on. There's, there's no, no telling what could have happened, but the penalty changed the game completely. And at the end of the day, it was one of them. We've been beaten by, by a poor decision, which was then backed up at the end of the day. It's one you've got to take on the chin. And none of us, I'm sure, in our heart of hearts, when we sat down the beginning of that game yesterday, were really confident that we were we were going to win it. I'm sure I'm sure we all thought any result was potentially possible from it. And as it turned out, it wasn't the wasn't the best one. No, and well I suppose we'll, we'll come to Dave. I think I think for me, you know, what Neil's saying there is completely correct. Um, about you know the, the penalty sort of changed the game the penalty whether you think it is or not it's, it's dodgy as fuck in my opinion um, but I think a surprise for me Dave was that we didn't seem particularly arsed in the last few minutes to, to go chasing it the same way as we maybe saw it in uh, you know we may or we see in, in the Premier League you know if we go behind the Premier League we're, we're, straight, we're like a, a wounded beast will come straight at you it didn't seem to, to cause any sort of sparked a life or anything um and and again I, i'm not complaining about this in any uh, in any way it was just quite irregular i think on the penalty itself the thing that frustrates me is they're calling out 
the excuse that it's not a clearly clear and obvious error. And do you know what? Fair enough, it isn't a clear and obvious error because I thought it was a penalty and I can see why the referee gave it in real time. But essentially what they're saying there is if it's a really good dive... Yeah, then it's a penalty. Then we'll, we'll, we'll go with the referee's first decision. But if the dive shit and the referee should have seen that it's a dive, then we'll overturn it. I say a good dive, bad dive... They're all a dive. Well, that's what I mean. A dive's a dive's a dive, and just because he makes a good job of it, and to me, when you look at it, that that old see that old straight leg one that happens, the two leg the, the straight legs both together and over the yeah. goal, that's always a dive. That's, that's a telltale sign. It, it is. It is. It's a red flag. It's yeah. a red flag, and a referee should see that it's a red flag. You know. They've had so, fucking 40, 50 years to deal with diving in the game, and the fact they haven't caught on to it properly yet is fucking beyond me. Like, Well, this is it. And the, and the other thing I was going to come on to is, is exactly that, that for me, the one the one positive that I was going to see within VAR was that it should cut diving out because they'll be it'll be able to be seen. You know, it'll be able to be identified. And eventually players will realise that they can't get away with it. What that's telling players now is that actually you can still dive in the box, get away with it, get a penalty. The decision there should not only have been a free kick to Liverpool, it should also have been a yellow card. So the fact that they identified that he dived, because they couldn't have not identified that he dived. There's no way they could have said that there is enough contact there for the player to go over. So... The player should have been booked. But you can't give the penalty and book the player because that looks ridiculous. The, the, the rules of VAR are, are being applied in a really fucking bizarre manner. Um, in a corrupt manner, essentially. It, 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 I mean, because whether, whether, whether by design or by accident, what happens if you rubber stamp? What happens if you use technology to look at... at contentious decisions and you see through that technology that the the decision that's being made is wrong but because you you've got not you don't have the courage to overturn that decision you you literally use the technology to rubber stamp a bad decision and then you try and come up with some bullshit to 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 make a cover story why it all fits just maybe it's a lack of courage whatever it is it doesn't have to be the worst of intentions it can just be a, a, a lack of character is a mechanism where you cannot even argue with a decision. We can't blame the ref. You can't do, do you know what I mean? There's it's kind of it 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 takes decisions and, and makes them black and white. And even when you can see it's black, they'll say it's white and tell you why it's white. Do you know what I mean? It it perverts the whole the whole thing. I know what you mean. The thing, the, the thing that frustrates me loads about it is is the handball aspect, where there is there's there's not really any subjectivity with the handball aspect, even though it's far more subjective. So take I don't know if anybody's seen it, Bale's goal from earlier on tonight, where it's a little tiny handball to get the ball just to drop right for him, and there's no way the referee could have seen it because it's so subtle, and the referee's not brilliantly positioned. And he, he pops over the keeper in the net. And there is no way that that's a clear and obvious error. There's just no way it's a clear and obvious error. But because it's handball, they overturn it. 
it's there is a, there's a contradiction between the handball rule and whatever other rules there are. The I think the goalkeeper on the line and the encroachment rule are going to be brought into question here somewhere along the line too. And I don't necessarily disagree with VAR itself. The problem that I have is the rules are being applied ridiculously poorly. And the other thing is it's only as good as the referee looking at the video. And if you've got a shit referee looking at the video, it doesn't really make a difference. Well, this is true. But, I mean, the I suppose the point is, and what, what you're saying on the handball is you know, a, a point as well, because not only is, is it that, that, you know, it, it's different to a foul or it's different to something that happens in the penalty area or whatever. It's also different if it's an attacker or defender. So if a defender... Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Which is mental. So you're literally now changing the rules and applying them differently as to whether you're attacking or defending when yeah. that's never really been the case before. And you're saying that any tiny touch... With, with even with a fingernail, even if it's completely accidental, and and then within three passes, there's a goal. That goal gets disallowed. But if a player like, did you see the game at the weekend where the whoever it was handled it out of play from the corner? It was in the Sheffield United game uh, against Southampton. The guy just the corner comes in, he goes to jump, he misses, it hits his hand, and there's a Sheffield United player right behind him just waiting to nod it in, and of course the ball goes out for for go kick the VAR looks at it and goes nah it's, we're not going to give a penalty there and if it had been the other way and it come off his hand and gone in the net or come off his hand and then he booted it in it would have been a disallowed goal handball would have been given so it's kind of it's up in the air on, on a lot of things but the point of it is it's supposed to make things more black and white and what they're actually and 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 kind of take away the, the kind of diving as you said because it can be pinpointed and 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 pick up on things that the referee hasn't seen, but if it's not going to be used as an aid to to help the referee, which is essentially what it's for, it's to help the referee because you can't keep up with play. They cannot keep up with play. They're 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 not the athletes that the players are. They're not even close, even though they're fit guys. They're not even close to being the athletes that these top professionals are and referees and linesmen. From what you've seen, from documentaries, from little snippets, you, you've heard even referees talking, whatever, and sometimes you hear the microphones. Most of them don't have a fucking clue what's going on for most of the game. They're guessing at things. They're estimating things. They're going on off, off different things. They're, they don't see things. Now, now, can I interject here, please, just just for a moment? And, and I want to yeah. bring up the TMO in, in Rugby Union, which has been running for some years. <clears throat> Pardon me. Whenever it was added to the game, I was very skeptical of it. But the one thing, and it's just something you've mentioned there, as spiked my interjection. Um, we hear the conversation between the video referee and the referee on the pitch. That is transparent. And I think that's something going forward in football that it might have to be looked at because it clears up. You know what I mean? You totally, for example, try or no try, and, and he, the video referee will explain, you know, the ball's held up, this, this, that, the other. He'll explain clearly to the referee why the decision's being made and hence explain to the audience as well. And I think VAR has to go there. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely spot on. I've said that for ages. I've been an advocate of micing up the referees and the linesmen anyway so we can hear what's, what's going on in the internet. You know, they don't, they don't, we don't hear their voices unless they retire. You know, it's almost like the fucking Masons. You know, the secret society is refereeing. 
Yeah. And, and it's about time that, that we understood how they made or, or how they help us understand how they make these decisions, you know, fluidly in a game. At the same time, the one at the weekend, Maddox won at the weekend. They went to the they went to the referee in the studio, and he also said that he didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah, but they—that's the point. It what Dave says is absolutely right. They are like a fucking club, like a secret society. They never. I mean, I watch BT. They're not answerable to anyone, Neil. Yeah, and I watch BT from 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 time to time, and and see Peter Walton or whatever he's called. I know fine rightly what he's called because he's fucking on it all the time, and he consistently consistently just backs up the referee and he'll find a way to back up the referee pretty much every time. There's been the odd time where he, where it's been such so obvious that he, that he can't and he, he'll say something like, well, I, I probably agree with you there, whatever, but and then he'll come back and say, the referee's seen it like this and and you're going, well, fine, but it's not about one referee anymore. It's about four of them or something and they've all got monitors and they've all got fucking slow-mo and they shouldn't be fucking this stuff up. And you shouldn't be looking for excuses to defend your mate. But you are because that's really what you're there for. Because you're probably still getting a wage from the referees association and whatever. And you're doing your PR and you don't want to badmouth your mates and yada yada. So it's all it's all a giant fucking club. And to be honest. Do you know something, Neil, on another point? You see the moment that they mic'd up the referees in rugby? There was no more effing and blame from players at the referee. Um, you know, they, they have to alter their behavior as well. So there's a whole behavioral alteration that goes on within the game as well during that making up. It's just the resistance to, to real positive change for the better, isn't it? Which is kind of... Which kind but, of but that would benefit the referees, what I'm saying. You know, if they weren't being verbally abused by players... That would the be a ref, benefit yeah. to the referee, but they don't want that because the the clearly they don't the want transparency. See it as it's exposing them. The yeah, transparency they don't want. It should be. I mean, that's exactly what it should be about because it's the most popular sport in the game in the world. It's the richest sport in the world up there anyway. And there's so much money sloshing about it. It's so important to so many people. It should be transparent. We shouldn't have fucking John Moss having a conversation with his linesman where he's heard to say, I don't have a fucking clue. I'm giving the penalty. Literally. I mean, that should not be happening. And that's really what they're scared of. They're scared of, of once it gets mic'd up, how the, we're, we're actually going to have to talk about what actually happened here and not just panic and, and, and go with the crowd or, or how we normally arrive at our decisions. You know, we need to, we will actually need to expose our thought process here, which means we actually need to know what's going on. And that seems to be where it falls down. If football is interested in, in actually using technology to make the game better rather than using it to annoy people and, and fuck people off and make the game worse, then those are avenues they really need to be looking at. You know, micing up referees, hearing the, the, the conversation with the, with the VAR instead of... Because it's arbitrary. Like, we're told everything goes, and, and we know it, it all goes. But you're not told, nah, that's not... That is when you're told it's not it is, but you're not told why. And so you're basically guessing the whole time. So it's just the same as before. Only I, know, I know you listen to Sid Lowe quite a bit. Did you hear his comments I think about last week? And he was saying, you know, the noises coming from the Premier League are, about VAR are exactly the same noises and exactly the same uh, complications and exactly the same everything that came out of the legal last season. Yeah, I mean, I could imagine, because if it was applied the same way in La Liga, then it would do, because, you know, 
a lot of people and bring Dave in on this as well in a minute, like, but a lot of people, me included, have been looking forward to VAR for a long, long time. Not necessarily in this fucking incarnation, because none of us really properly envisaged exactly what it would be. But for how long have we been looking I've been looking forward to 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 the correct decision being given. I don't like it when when a goal is ruled out for offside in the last minute and and he's not offside, he's level. I don't like it when somebody handles the ball and and it, it goes into the net. You know, so I wanted that stuff clear cleared up and I wanted the decisions arrived at correctly. You think of video evidence and you think, well, surely they couldn't really fuck it up. You know, it is or it isn't. And yeah, some things are going to be subjective and fine, but but even the not even just the way the rules are, they're managing to use it just to fuck everything up. So maybe it'll take time for them to get used to it or whatever. Seems to me they should have been more used to it than they are by now. You have, you have a very good point there, Neil, because when when it came into rugby union, it had its teething problems, but but the light was always there at the end of the tunnel. You could see where it was going. I don't feel it with VAR. I don't feel the same way. You know, and I was well, adamantly against it in rugby union, but I could see, you know, after a couple of months, after a season, you begin to see the benefits of it that, that it can, you know, keep the game straight, uh, especially. But I don't see have the same confidence uh, in football. We're four games into the Premier League season. We're one game into the Champions League. Um, we know it's had its teeth and problems in Germany, for example, and, and they say that it has improved markedly since since its introduction. They had all kinds of issues in, in Syria last year as well, and, and towards the end of the season, it did start to improve. And, and, you know, we can only hope that we can see that same improvement, you know, in the Premier League and, and the Champions League. It's supposed to improve the game. I'm, I'm really not sure why. I'm more concerned about the rules it's being applied against as opposed to the use of it itself. You know, the use of it, it's, the use of VAR can improve through people become more used to it and certain guidelines being set in place. The rules are the rules. And unless the rules are changed, for, for instance, the handball rule we were talking about earlier on, and that stupid one where, you know, if he's offside and clearly offside, but the referee, the, the linesman doesn't call it because he can't put the put the flag up, but then it goes out for a corner and it should be offside, but they don't call it offside because a goal wasn't scored and then they take the corner and the team score, then, you know, do they go all the way back? Well, not really. They can't go all the way back. So it's, you know, the rules... It's like sliding that, doors, Dave. <laughs> it is. It's like sliding doors, except no one shuts the fucking door. So, I, look... We we can only say it and we can only say it and hope that it does improve, but eventually it'll get called out and it will get called out. You know, the guys at Max of the Day called it out on Saturday, the Matip one it was how it was farcical that it wasn't given as a penalty. Well, they so, are yeah, they are calling calling things out, which is good. And every time I hear pundits, main, mainstream pundits properly calling them out, because they've been doing that on BT as well a little bit, like they've been probably having a you know, calling out your man Peter Walton and going, How come on? There's no way and whatever. So I mean, the more the more that happens, then the more that we'll kind of be forced to change things, and, and hopefully it does just settle down. But how how they don't see that's a dive, or how they don't give that as a dive last night, I've got no idea. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, that's it, it, it Dave, do you want to answer? Do you want to answer the real question I asked you um, instead of you know, like you set me in chief off in a fucking big rant there, and like twenty minutes later we're finished. And I asked you a question: Why did we not chase the game after we went one 0 down? You went in a fucking rant on VAR. 
Well, I didn't go to Randall Bar. I was just giving him two you cents start, worth, and you, you went in with a fucking hundred quid's worth here, each. He started. He started. The... All right, I'll take that one. Okay, so um, I don't know. You know, I think there's a lot to do with the conditions that the team are playing, and I think you know it's Tuesday. We had travelled. We we play what we play Saturday morning, which isn't too bad. But you know, you get a rest day. You travel, you do a light training session, and then you're in. And you know, Robbo's not particularly fit. You know, Chief mentioned Firmino probably wasn't maybe, maybe going to get 20 minutes on Saturday, if if that. Um, and he ends up having to play, you know, over a half, you know, two thirds of the game, I suppose. And it's it was it was warm. It was really 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 hot, and the pitch was really dry and. It's an intimidating stadium to go to, and they have a really, really good manager who I really respect. And Napoli played really well, and they've got a, they've got loads of attacking options, and they've got a really good spine to their team. And and to be honest, I just think that there's momentum counts for loads in football. It counts for loads, especially in you know the final phases of a game when conditions are tough and. The energy is zapped out of you, and the penalty decision came at a time when we we had them, like we had them. They were all over the place after the substitutions, and they were going down with cramp. And with with I thought personally, people were given Henderson grief, but I don't really know why. But we won the physical battle in the middle of the park against two very very good midfielders in Allen and, and Ruiz, and I thought Allen was excellent just on that, but. With ten minutes to go, that penalty it just it just sucked the remaining energy we had out of us, and you saw it with we saw it with the goal that we with the goal that we conceded, um, the second one. Um, we were just done. We were dead on our feet, um, and and these things happen in football, and football teams lose football matches, and yeah, it's it's fine, it's fine. It's our hardest game in the group, probably, and you'd rather lose like that than lose to a freak result against a bottom team or something, Dave. You know what I mean? There's no shame in that. We played well. Everything's grand. But I just didn't understand the, the lethargic response. Yeah, well, that's what I put it down to. That's what I put it down to, you know. Uh, it was tight. It was tough, 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 tough game. And probably that's probably with probably 15 minutes into the second half, the first goal was going to win it. And when you get that close to the end, you know, eight minutes left or whatever, and, and, and that happens, and it's a real body blow, and it's hard. And then Napoli are a team of experienced really good footballers with a really good manager and they just they killed it off they killed it off the last uh, the last 10 minutes and again you have to give them credit they didn't let us get any rhythm in the last 10 minutes even if we had had the energy to do it so that's what I would put it down to and nothing more than that to be honest no and, that, and, and that's fair enough um, as I say you know as I, say, I don't have any emotions of anger or anything Neil looking at the bigger picture of this like it doesn't change anything you know, like, we're, let's be honest, we're probably going to waltz out of this group. Who cares whether it's first or second? Like, the way the Champions League's going and the draw came out there, you know, you're getting a tight draw. You know, yes, you can get an easy one here or there. But, you know, the last 16 of the Champions League, you're expecting to start to be tested. Uh, it's a different competition. Uh, to me, I just don't see that this affects, you know, maybe a, a loss at the weekend against Chelsea would affect our thinking and our planning for the season more than a defeat last night. I think what you're what you're getting at there is that last night wasn't a must-win game, and and I think we all knew going into it that 
I think everyone would have taken a draw, would have been happy enough with it. Obviously, all fans want to win all football matches, so you know you want to win the game. But there was certainly the the, the belief anyway that uh, Napoli away is definitely going to be the hardest game in the group, and you get it out of the way. And you know, worst comes the worst, and you don't you don't get the result, or you, you lose out there, then you've got plenty of time to put things right, and um, you know it shouldn't. It shouldn't affect the overall. What do you say about coming first or second in the group? Yeah, I suppose it's something that you'd prefer to have the choice about, or or feel that you had the, the choice about later later on down the line, rather than uh, surrendering it uh, too early. But I don't think we we'll have anyway, because okay, second goal is a bit of a a bit of a kick in terms of um, if it's Napoli and us at the top of the group and we have to play them at the end, we're going to need a 3-0 win or we're going to need to win by, by three goals on the on the head-to-head. You look at, you just, I mean, I saw, when that draw came out, I think I reacted pretty much the same as everyone else. It's not a bother. Not too happy getting Napoli, but we always get them, so I pretty much predicted that we would. So Napoli's going to be the hardest and then the other two are, are pretty... Uh, Pretty much gimmies, but you know Salzburg are decent. They're decent. Uh, they showed last night the battered Genk six two. So there's a gulf between those two. I think Genk are going to definitely be the whipping boys. That that looks obvious. But Liverpool are now a little bit in the position that uh, Napoli were in when we went to to their gap last year, last season in the Champions League, uh, in that they lost the Red Star in their first first away game. And uh, we were their first game at home, and they needed to beat us. And it's going to be no different when we play Salzburg. We're going to need to beat them at home, and we should, and we'll expect to beat them. Um, but you know, last night showed, and and I mean, they're head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in their league. They win it every year. They win it an absolute counter, and they regularly annihilate teams. They're regularly one to sixteen in a game in their league. You know what I mean? They'll be one to one to eight, one to ten, one to sixteen, uh, even one to twenty for uh, domestic league games. Um, but they have been able to kind of step it up a little bit in Europe in the in the past couple of seasons. I think they were Europa League semi finalists last season or the season before. I think you've also seen that you've seen players move from Salzburg and be able to hit the ground running at a higher level. Lots and lots of examples of that. Absolutely, and of course we would think of uh, Naby Keita and and, um, and Sadio Mane f- for us. But um, but absolutely, they make the transition, you know, and very because the two teams, I think def- well definitely were. I'm not sure if they still are linked by Red Bull, but they they would often feed through to to Leipzig, uh, and then for for example in, in Keita's case, uh, and there are others, many others that have sort of sort of done that uh, done that route. They're going to be interested, and that's a must-win. So you win that, and everything's looking rosy again in the Champions League. There's also the potential of Salzburg being able to do something to Napoli at at home, but away in in, in Salzburg's not going to be not going to be it's not going to be a walkover anyway. Put it like that. Those games are going to be tough enough. Genk, I think, would easily got enough for will will destroy. I would imagine home and away. So yeah, I can't see us not getting out of the group. I wouldn't expect us. I would absolutely expect us to get out of the group. I would hope to still still win it, but uh, we'll see how how much of a significant issue that's going to be a bit later on. Um, see, I don't think I don't think first or second matters loads these days. I really don't. I think if you look at the teams in in each group, you know, 
group, you know, group A is probably Madrid, Madrid and PSG, say. So it, it's, it's much of a muchness. Spurs and Barn, um, City, and then whoever is second in that group. But we can't draw City anyway. Um, Atletico and Juve. So you know, and then there's a group that has entered Dortmund and Barcelona. So I think for me, it's at first or second doesn't really matter. I don't think it it has as much of a a bearing on a favourable tie as it used to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the way the groups are going these days as well, uh, you're, the chances are you're, you're probably going to get someone fairly strong anyway, and it doesn't really matter. And and to be honest, even when you, you mentioned that Inter, I mean, it's a group of death in inverted commas, and, and I suppose it would be on paper. But if you look at, if you kind of look at the state of, the state of Barcelona, shall we say at the moment, isn't great. Dortmund are, are good, and they're going to be good this season again. Whether they're going to win the Bundesliga, who knows. But they're, I wouldn't fear them at all. I'd say Liverpool would, would, would beat them over two legs quite comfortably. And again, Inter Milan, I wouldn't fear them over two legs. I think Liverpool would put them away. We did put Barca away last season. So, I mean, it's getting down again to who do you really who do you really fear for this Liverpool team? And the answer is probably nobody on their day. But yeah, it's, it's, it's again, I think the group stage is, is always a little bit trickier than you think it's going to be. I think the same happened last season when we were like, oh, okay, it's a tough enough group, but we should get through and we're hanging on really to get through in the end. Uh, and once we do get through, we go on and win the thing. But this season, I think I'm it's going to be second s- in the group. Um, so it didn't really matter, did it? <laughs> Which was your point. But yeah, I think... Yeah, it kind of was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you, if, if you win the group, but... The, the games against Salzburg are not just going to be a walkover and I think that we need to wake up now. It's okay not to win the game last night. It wasn't, well, it's not the worst thing in the world to lose as, as as Dave alluded to and we were kind of talking about before but couldn't have it done just with getting out of there nil-nil. Couldn't agree more. Well here, listen, I, I would be remiss of us not to discuss um, some of the goalkeeping on display there last night. It was certainly... Two fantastic saves, one from from Salah and Dave. I know you're 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 very enthusiastic about Adrian's save. Um, he made for for my money. I think he made three good saves. One of them, absolutely exceptional and a little bit Allison esque. I'm I, I'm enthusiastic. I'm enthusiastic about Adrian. Full stop. To be honest, I thought last night even his distribution was absolutely excellent. I thought he was. He's coming on like you can you can tell he's he's starting to knit in. I thought he was honestly. I thought he was faultless. I thought he was absolutely faultless. Um, and he nearly saves the penalty as well. You know, um, this the save, the two saves, the the, the two back to back saves uh, in the first half. Yeah, they're good saves. Probably though, if one of the shots goes in, you're disappointed with them. Um, but the the other one in the second half from Mertens, you know, you just need to look at Mertens' face to to know how good a save it is. And he is he is in disbelief that the ball has not ended up in the back of the net, and for me that comes from that's that straight off the straight off the training ground. It's it's a it's a, a goalkeeper who's been training for for seven eight weeks now with the same team. That's one that that crossed that back post and he, he dies and makes himself big and you know one arm one arm across one arm up and he has the awareness and the agility to be able to adjust just to flick it over the bar 
And, you know, it just shows how good a goalkeeper he must be because he's able to do that despite the inability and amateurism of our goalkeeping coaching uh, department, which has long been long been um, deposed on many a platform. We talk, we, we, talk, we talk about this, we talk about this um, and after the Newcastle game, the fact that we don't have to talk about him is great. The fact that we get to talk about him now in such glowing terms is even better. You know, it's it's something now that I'm not worried about when Alison's back. You know, yes, I do want them back, but I'm not concerned. Is it is it going to be before the next international break? Is he going to go away? And we had this whole debate. And see now, I, I'm just like, it's fine. Just give him give him what he needs and drop him yeah, back in. Confidence in him. He, he he's he's made us believe in him. Yeah, and we talk about his mental resilience and stuff, and on the last part and. The guys, the guys just really, really stepped up, and I, I think with the best players and the elite players, they, they thrive under pressure. And he is, he is thriving in, in an environment where he is in the spotlight. You know, it's it's given, it looks like it's given the guy an, an extra, an extra impetus to absolutely be his best and really, really excel. And he's, you know, he's grabbed it with both hands, and he's really fucking maybe reached levels that he hadn't even thought was capable of himself but you know really really good performance and you know I thought there was a number of good performances performances last night I know Dave Fabinho was one of your one of your favourites I thought you know first half particularly was absolutely unbelievable the, the best defensive midfielders you, you know don't get the accolades but the, the graft that they do on scene and, and Fabinho's just fallen into that mould Dave but he, 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 you do see it actually with him. He, he's that good. You know, I, I said it here on a couple of pods beforehand. I think there's there's levels to go for for Fabinho yet. Um, I don't think what we have is the is, is near well, it's close to the finished article, but there's a bit to go yet. This guy is going to be he is going to be so important for us in the next two three seasons. He if that's is, a finished he, article, I'm happy enough with that to be honest, Dave. Yeah, but I feel that there's more to come from him. Uh, do you, do you not feel that yourself? I don't know. I, I didn't. I heard really, really good things when he was at Monaco, and you know, again, he's another player we signed who is a leader. He captained them, and he's come in and he's he's big and he's strong and he's physical and he's dominant and he's really technically gifted. And if if this is as good as it gets, then I'm completely happy with that because at the minute he's at the minute he's the best number six about as far as I can see. Yeah, and I, I get it, but I th- I'm just wondering in his head, until he takes that shirt off Casemiro for, for Brazil, I'm, I'm not so sure he... I, that's where I think there's another level, the, the, the finishing level for him. Uh, because all, the, he's, all the better. And what is he? Is he 24? I yeah, know he looks like, I know he looks he's, like he's 35 or something, but <laughs> he's... a Brazilian trait, that there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? I, I think that he, he still aspires to that before he, re- he realises his full ability. Yeah, and I think this is a player as well that you know, with, with his um, flexibility, you know, if his legs do start to go, do you know what? You could see him You could see him playing centre-half for Liverpool in eight years. You see him playing a lot of positions. It's like Gini Wijnaldum. You know, we could we could keep Wijnaldum probably till he's 35 and he could do a job for us because he can play bloody anywhere. Um, you know, a bit like Milner. He'll be the next Milner, in my opinion, because you can slip him back in defence. You can play him up front if you want. You can play him on a wing. You can play him anywhere in the fucking midfield. You can play him at right back or left back. Gini Wijnaldum is is the epitome of versatility, and and Fabinho's not far behind. He can play full. He can play full back. He can play centre. 
mid. I, I, I would, like, let's, let's be honest, you'd be pretty confident of him stepping forward in the midfield as well, wouldn't you? And, that, and that's a that's a trait from this side, and that's what we've done with the recruitment. Is we've, we've signed players that are, are multifaceted and can, and can play in a variety of different positions, and it, it gives you that flexibility, and it means that you don't have to have you know a a twenty three man squad like City do, where you can you know you're leaving one hundred and fifty million pounds worth of players not even in the in the first team squad um, sitting at home every weekend. So, and it gives us options. So, yeah. All the better for it, and if we we keep on signing players like Fabinho, then you know we're not going to be too far away most years. He's a great understudy as well there in the form Adam Lallana as well, Dave. Outstanding, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to get Lallana dig in the podcast. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be right if it didn't. So listen, Neil, moving forward, let's let's leave that there. It is what it is. Fucking build a bridge, get over it. The fuck, we'll be fine. We'll get out of the group, no problem. Uh, bad night at the office, nothing more. Um, on to the more impressing matters of the Premier League at the weekend uh, on a trip to the bridge where probably it's not the scariest time to be going there but I wouldn't be going complacent at the same time, Neil. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think we're all quite impressed with how Chelsea equipped themselves in the uh, in the Super Cup and they really you know, made a game of it and took us all the way. And they've been they've been getting their act together a little bit in the league um, over the last couple of weeks. Bit of a mad result at the weekend. Batter and Wolves five two. Yeah, I think they they kind of streaked ahead in that. Um, I think they scored three in about fifteen minutes before halftime. And Tammy Abraham got four goals actually in the game, managing to to get a, a dodgy own goal as well. But um, yeah, they played last night too. They lost one nil, I think, at home to Valencia. You know, all didn't go according to plan in um, in Frank's first Champions League game. So it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can brush that off and and kind of um, yeah bring back bring back the form that uh, they showed over the last couple of weeks in the league, or whether it'll have had an effect. Or I think Chelsea are if we get it right, if we're on it, then they it's another Arsenal at the moment really because they're gonna they're gonna try and play, they're gonna try and attack us there'll be spaces there's again question marks over uh over them defensively um they're conceding goals regularly i think they're conceding goals at a rate of a, of two a game pretty much i think it's uh, the second most in the league so far this season yeah so so the chances are going to be there you know and it it's not going to be nil nil put it like that they'll identify the They'll have to come and have a go, or they'll have to have a go, and they will. Um, especially being at home, especially being on TV. Yeah, I think it's, it's well set up. Liverpool need to go there and 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 get another get another win, reinforce the fact that uh, you know make it six unbeaten or six six in a row at the start of the league. Show that last year, you know, wasn't in any way uh, an outlier, and in fact, this team is 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 getting better. And we need to kind of shrug off the, the Napoli result as well, the Napoli game. We yeah, don't make a habit of fucking up twice, Neil, to be fair. That's the, that's the good don't, omen. Don't we, we, we never, we've never lose two games in a row in, uh, you know, in meaningful competition. So, in fact, we, we only lost one game in the league all of last season. So, you don't envisage anything other than, than us being on it and being, you know, uh, getting another three points. Uh, should be a good game though. Looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, don't doesn't really hold any 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 fear. It's far better going there now than than say when 
Mourinho was there or uh, many other kind of uh, Chelsea incarnations. This this Chelsea is a little bit more fun and a little bit more, uh, certainly more open and definitely look more beatable. No, without a doubt, I think that the fear factor has basically gone from the bridge these days. Um, you know, the, the investment hasn't been there, Dave. Abramovich really has sort of lost the interest and in you've a transfer ban there. Don't get me wrong, the likes of that kid, Tommy Abraham, seems to be knocking the goals in. The, the kids seem to be doing the job for, for Lampard to a degree. But, you know, as we saw against Valencia last night, the very, very top levels, the top levels of the game, and this is Liverpool coming to town, they, they could struggle against us. And there's need pointed out there. They can be a bit leaky on the goals and whatnot. Liverpool coming to town, the very top of their game. I, I see a difference between this and maybe the Super Cup. Uh, where we weren't you know, fully up to speed, I think we see a different game, and I, I'm quite confident of this one. Yeah, it's a funny one. I kind of, I kind of stuck my neck out at the start of the season, and I thought Chelsea would, I thought Chelsea would be good. I thought that Lampard would be able to get something out of them, and he's got a squad of really good players there, and he seems to have integrated the youth well, and they're they're good to watch, and they're fun to watch, and they've got. You know, Kante in the middle of the park and Jorginho, who I rate loads. And um, Tom Abraham, as you said, seems to be scoring goals. But they've also got experienced players, your Pedros and your your Williams and, and boys like this and Azpilicuetas. So they seem to have, you know, on paper, decent They're men. all fighting with each other, though, Dave, over penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that that is true. But then I suppose people will point to the Salamane thing. And, and it's, it's six of one. You just don't know. And I look at the result of the weekend, and I can't really read loads into it because I I just guess that Wolves would struggle the same way Burnley struggled last year after starting their season in like the fucking fifteenth of June or something with eight hundred Europa qualifier matches. So it's I can't see anything other than us getting lots of chances and. Hopefully, putting a few of them away. I'm just I'm interested to see what he does because that's this is this this is the first the first stage of you know three games in a week and we're just after an international break. Genie will probably come back in. I'm interested to see what he does on the other side of the midfield. He'll probably go the front three. Robertson looked absolutely fucked at the week at, at the weekend and. Um, or sorry, on Tuesday night, and he talked. He talked a bit about like the the Twitter thing with with him earlier on, and I think people forget that he's what like a twenty four year old guy. He's not old. He's 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 not exactly weather beaten, for want of a better term. He's had a shit international break with Scotland, where. The expectations on him are massive, and he's getting all kinds of abuse from the Scottish fans. You know, he's come back, he's made what some idiots might say two mistakes leading to two goals, where rational people would say that, yeah, he's a little bit of a rush of blood to head, he shouldn't dangle a leg in, but it's a dive, so let's be real. And again. But Dave, where's the goodwill? Where's the, the well, goodwill and the credit well, in the bank? There is all no the goodwill. Kids. For all the kid has done for us in the past season and a half, like like it counts for something. Well, well but, but this is the thing, is as I said earlier on, Dave, people are assholes and, and football fans are fickle, and you combine those two things, and, and this is what you get. But the point being is that 
he needs a rest somewhere and I, I get a feeling that maybe a week isn't enough for him right now um, and I'm not just talking about a, a rest physically um, it just might need to be just taken out for 10 days or so um, two weeks whatever just to just to get his head charred and um, remember where he is and remember how good a footballer he is and remember that people are assholes and football fans are fickle so yeah it, I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it I, I really enjoyed the game on on Tuesday night, I'm I'm looking forward to this game because I'm a football romantic and I like to watch two good, good two good sides who want to play football the right way go and have a go at each other and and I get the feeling that Chelsea will will want to go toe to toe to us and I kind of agree with Chief that it could be an Arsenal but not necessarily a this season Arsenal but maybe like a a two years ago or three years ago Arsenal where they they felt like they could come and play their own game but at the same time. When we went to Highbury, or not Highbury, God Almighty, what age am I? Uh, when we went to the Emirates... Don't worry, I that, we, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I always will. We, we, we always think of Arsenal and Arsenal and Anfield, but when we go to when we go to Highbury, it's it's a different game. You know, they're, they're a different beast there, and we've never really had it easy at, at Stamford Bridge. So, honestly, I, I just really, really don't know. I really don't know. I'm, 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 I'm really, really intrigued. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And, and I say, don't worry because I still look for for ties at Main Road and Upton Park in the season. So don't, don't worry, don't worry about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's a thing you, you you struggle with with the age is, is renaming the stadiums. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't buy into it. It's like but, that thing where it's like that thing where you you know when your dad always called like the bars in town the. Yeah. Yeah. The, old, the, the names that they used to be called and yeah. now I, I find I find myself doing that where people are like oh it's this trendy bar and I'm like no it's not I've never heard of that <laughs> where's that oh yeah what, the, what what used to be called that bar yeah yeah that one especially especially if you were a regular and you frequented that bar you'll always call it what it used to be you know what I well, mean well that's it just one of those things listen back to Chelsea fuck fuck bars Neil result what what are you what are you going to go for because we're, we're up near the hour we may as well just go with our predictions yeah, four two Liverpool. Wow. Can we not talk about like can we not talk about lineups? I'm I don't know. Does anyone Okay, have an what's your midfield, today? Dave? Well, <laughs> well go, I don't know, ask Chief. No, oh, okay then. Well, Chief, at the back, we're talking about we're talking about Robo, aren't we? So Well, I don't think we're just talking about Robo because I think you throw him straight back in again. Yeah. Well, hold on. Dude, if you're talking about the back, I don't think we're just talking about Robo because Maddox played a lot of football and he didn't have a brilliant game. He didn't have a great game. Dave, bear um, in mind, no, the next no. game is MK Dons when all these guys are going to get a full 90. Yeah, but I'm looking at Joe Gomez, and if I'm Joe Gomez, I'm thinking to myself... I know you're a fan, but at this moment in time, no, no, Joe no, no, no. Is, is there on merit and will not okay. be moved. Okay. Um, you, you know, we say it with Van Dyke. If I, I would say if that if that's the partnership and that's the way they're going... And the two of them have said the club, look, we're, we're okay. Van Dijk wants to play every game. He he knows within himself he's capable of it. If Matip feels the same way now that he can he can manage every game and has communicated that to the manager, maybe that's the way they're going with it. Uh, look, Joe Gomez will get his chance, Dave. There's no, no no two ways about it. He's too good a player not to. And hopefully, what we win at MK Dons and we, and we you know we get our run in the cup to give these guys you know pitch time. You know, honestly, I think the only change is is Jamie back in for Miller. I go with that, Neil. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think they all get rested for for MK Dons, and then I think it's Sheffield United after that. I think you're you're 
you're back. I think, I, I think Adrian's probably the only one of that that team, that, that group, the first 11 that, that plays MK Dons. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And he asked him to go one more time. I mean, that's that's it. Then you have the, the week off and you can still make, I think, a couple of changes potentially for, for Sheffield United. So Kate is going to be coming into the frame. Maybe he's going to get the, the MK Dons game. It'll be a good. That'll be a good one for him, you know, because he'll not last a night. It'll give maybe maybe give it one of the kids a run out um, as well for maybe a last twenty or something. This MK Dons game is 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 so good for us in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good. It's it's really good that we've drawn a team that's well, a team from the lower league. So there beatable. is no <laughs> our second well, team can be not just beatable. It's I mean, like we drew. Who was it we drew last year? Was it Wolves? Chelsea at home. It was Chelsea, okay. Chelsea, at home. So Chelsea, Chelsea were beatable, but you can't, I mean, you can't really, I mean, we, we rotated a little bit, I think, but you can't really rotate for a game like that. It's like fucking yeah. bad. It's a, it's a team, it's a, it's a draw you can justify making nine changes for. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, they're not doing particularly well in their, in their, uh, in their division at the moment either, I don't think, just from keeping a cursory eye on things. Well, you would expect us to, to win that game, but more importantly, you'd expect us to, to make a lot of changes and, and do a lot of rotating and, and give the first team a week off. So, yeah, my I, I think Klopp's only change will be Genie in for Milner, and I think either 3-2 or 4-2 for the Reds. I think I think Chaz will give us a real game. I think um, Dave's right, Dave Dunnan's right, and that I think they'll definitely want to go toe-toe-toe. Toe to toe with this, so yeah, and they'll probably land one or two because they're in good good scoring form. I don't know, Mount got uh, got taken off, um, yeah, he's but out. I, so he's out. But as Dave mentioned, uh, they've got a really good squad of experienced players, like you know Pedro's and you know Tammy Abraham started getting the goals for them. He's got what seven in in four games or something. Yeah, so. We shall see, um, but yeah, I don't. It doesn't really hold any fear, like you said. So I think we'll, we'll go there and win. But uh, could be could be a really good game. Well, hope I hope so. I, I, I say they're just not a scary beast anymore. Dave, yourself, um, what, what what are you thinking of team and, and result? I, I I'm with Neil. Honestly, I, I just see Milner going out, Genie coming in, just with that that week. Then out to our next sort of meaningful game, if you will. Um, I just see it that way, and I see us winning three one. Chase's probably right and you're probably right because I talk about oh we'll make these scenes every week and he makes none I just wonder a little bit I wonder a little bit about Milner he, he, he didn't he didn't do the international break he's hardly kicked a ball and, and me and he, he didn't he wasn't do the night fantastic like, like let's be honest Dave I don't but think he's going to do MK Dons and, and Sheffield United yeah, but is that what is that what Mil, is that what Milner's there for? I don't know. I don't know. And it's it's a it's a. Well, if Jamie, you, want, you would you don't know the conversation that's that's taking and and, and you can guarantee there's been a conversation. No, he's also started. He's also started away in Naples, so it's not just those. But I mean, it is it, those. It's clear. It's clear that he's his role this season has been diluted slight. Unless it's he's being kept in bubble wrap to the tail end of the season. I don't know. I get, I get the feeling the clock probably looks and his, his fitness team probably look best case scenario with no injuries or knocks, you know, probably six, eight games ahead and what they're going to do with certain players. Um, no minutes they're going to get, etc. And I, I feel that Milner 
you know, he, he brought him off. I don't know whether it was planned to bring him off. I don't know whether he brought him off because he was on the yellow, but he think he only did 60, 63, 65 minutes or something. So I don't know. Maybe he gets a game. It's a top, it's a top six game away from home. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he puts him left back, like I was talking earlier. I don't know. But you're probably right. You're probably right. It probably is just Genie for Milner. Um, it'll be Hendo for, for, and Fabinho. And, and yeah, so, so probably... I think it'll be open, but I'd say two one Liverpool. Oh, you you have a soft spot for the for these youngsters at Chelsea, David. <laughs> it's, it's not that. I just I think I I really I really underestimated them in the Super Cup. You know, I really did. I, I, I too they, early in the season, Dave. You know, the teams hadn't settled into any kind of rhythm. No. You can't. You know, I I appreciate they were they were impressive, but I wouldn't carry that forward. You know, don't don't forget they went in the next week and got absolutely battered by a crap Manchester United. You know, so it's 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 all relative. That's true. That's true. They got battered a, a crap Manchester United team at 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 Old Trafford, where they yeah. were for a large part the best side of that match. Don't the, the best side they? in that game. Don't forget for large parts of it. But being the best side doesn't mean you win. No, Sometimes it you know. It doesn't. Um, I just, um, I just, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be underestimating them going into no. the game if it's no, not, not, not in any shape or form, Dave. But we don't, we don't do losing or bad results twice. No, so, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right, and that's why I said two one. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to be yeah. fucking hammered. There, there's, there's, always your, there's always your, there's always a reaction to a bad result, which is a great thing in this team. But listen, lads, I think wherever they are, there we'll just leave it there as is. Um, as always, thank you very much for your time, guys. A pleasure talking to you twice this week. Same crew. Uh, that's a rarity hopefully we'll we'll get it mixed up for the next podcast just take a chance to say thank you very much for a listener and until the next one upper heads <laughs> <laughs>